Hi, welcome to Dr. Colbert's Divine Health Podcast. I'm Mary Colbert. And I'm Don Colbert, and welcome. I'm telling you folks, I'm excited about this teaching, and I'm going to tell you something. This is probably going to be the most listened to talk that Don has done, because we are going to be talking about something that everybody, everybody is plagued with, and it is S-T-R-E-S-S, stress. So, Don, let's hopefully you give us some real answers, identify it, and let's go because people need to hear this. Well, first of all, we are all plagued with stress, Uh, mental stress, emotional stress, time stress, physical stress, uh, financial stress, financial stress, absolutely, disease stress, kids kids stress, stress, yes, marriage (laughs) stress, it goes on and on, debt stress, stress, financial stress. But again, we're all going to be under stress, but we have found there's simple solutions both in God's Word and naturally speaking we can do and dietarily and exercise and reframing our thoughts, but especially using God's Word to identify how to cope with stress because Jesus said in this world you're going to have tribulation, but he says be of good cheer. In other words, be happy. For I have overcome the world. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to help people begin to identify areas of stress that they can control. Exactly. Because really and truly, you're not going to be able to be delivered from stress. Stress is going to be here. So what we want to do is empower you with some real life tools on how you can cope with stress, identify certain stresses you can actually do something about to remove that add to stress. So that's what we're going to do today. And I'm really excited about that. We're going to actually for our next three podcasts, we are going to be talking about stress, things identifying how it affects you and some real life answers, how you can remove some of these stresses. And you just begin in baby steps. You start here And I'm telling you, you start moving in this direction and you commit yourself to some of Don's advice and guidance. And I'm telling you, your life can be completely changed and end up just living an awesome life. Absolutely right. So, again, what we want to do is address, first of all, what is the definition of stress? And stress is simply the pressures of life and how you perceive and cope and react to those pressures. And unfortunately, the vast majority of people are reacting wrong, perceiving wrong, and coping wrong. And as a result, they are inviting disease into their body. Realize that about 75 to 90% of all visits to primary care physicians, family doctors, is for stress-related problems. That is amazing, Don. All stress related problems that is unreal exactly and people say no my weight problems not due to stress you know i just have a a glandular problem or it runs in my family well let me tell you something the way most of us cope with stress is we turn to stress relieving foods and the foods that relieve stress the most for most patients are sugars carbs and starches why because they raise your blood sugar but they boost a neurotransmitter called serotonin Now, serotonin is that feel-good chemical. It gives you, just like when a person has Thanksgiving dinner, they get that turkey in, all those carbs, they get that surge of serotonin, it makes them feel good. Then they go take a nap. 
And so that's what sugar does to you and carbs, excessive carbs and starches. It raises serotonin, it makes you feel good, and then you usually get sleepy and tired, but then you have to have that hit over and over, and you get stuck in that cycle, and you keep gaining weight, and you keep eating the carbs and sugars and starches, and you stop exercising because it makes you sleepy. It's a vicious cycle you're stuck in, and that's where so many Americans are. I can tell you one thing I really believe that has happened. I think people have become too isolated, I th- well, especially because of the COVID. And so now we have people that are isolated. They're by themselves. People have got to find a church. People yes. need yes. a good church. Absolutely. You need a body of believers that you connect with on a weekly basis at least, but two or three times a week. The more you gather, you, you know, there was, I'm, I'm, this may sound like I'm getting off, but I'm not. I'm telling you, this is, this is from the Spirit of God. Listen to me, church. You need to hear my advice on this because I really believe that this is going to help you more than anything else we say. And that is you've got to find a body of believers who know the Word of God, who walk in the Word of God. And I'm not talking about a compromising church feel-good church. I'm talking about people who know the Word of God, who teach the Word of God, know how to believe the Word of God, and gather with those believers two, maybe three times a week. Because the Word of God says, as you see the days approaching, do not forsake the assembling of yourself. Why? I'm going to tell you, because the gathering with other Bible-believing believers together to encourage each other, to pray with each other, to help carry each other's burdens, that that is a huge element that is missing in so many people's lives. Don, when they come in your office, I sit there and I, I talk to so many people and I'm, I'm like amazed at how many people are isolated and alone. Uh, absolutely. And, and that, that one thing... People can begin to work toward. Say, you know what? I don't have a church. I don't have a body of believers. I'm kind of a, a, a an island to myself, folks. That's or, not or a big thing I hear is, oh, I watch church on TV. I that's, don't. I don't assemble with the body. Can't do it. And if you're fearful of getting with the other believers because you're afraid you're going to get COVID, then you know you're just a fearful person. You got to <laughs> fear has got to be one of the things you've got to begin to address. And that is big because what you fear comes upon you, the Bible says. So you have to develop an attitude that no weapon formed against me will be successful and really believe that. But let's go, Don. But what, I'm, what we're talking about is when a person is stressed, it sets off a series of hormonal events in the body that start to invite disease. So we need to go through these events because whether you're under stress, whether you know it or not, this is what's happening in your body. When you're excessively stressed or in a hurry or just upset or angry or you're just uh, stressed over your spouse or your children or your work or your finances, here's what's happening in your body. Your body goes through three key stages of stress. The first is the alarm reaction. Now, the alarm reaction produces a short burst of this powerful hormone called adrenaline. I tell patients it's like the passing gear in your car. You know where you step on your accelerator and it goes into a different gear? It goes faster, much faster, so you can get, you know, past another car or whatever and get out of the way. Well, this is similar to what happens to us when we're under stress. We get a burst of adrenaline. That burst of adrenaline enables us to fight or flee. 
from a perceived threat. But most of our threats are not physical, or it's not that you're being attacked by a wild animal. Most of our attacks are stress from stressors like work, spouse, children, finances, being in too big of a hurry, not enough time, too many obligations, things that are causing this reaction to occur. So what is happening, we're neither fighting nor fleeing. So this powerful hormone, adrenaline, is racing through our bodies like rocket fuel. And that same hormone meant to save our lives by running or fleeing or attacking and fighting, it starts to literally create harm in our bodies by raising our blood pressure, by causing our muscles to be tense. And by eventually, when people get in the habit of this, we have chronic muscle tension. When this hormone is released, it literally speeds our heart rate up, constricts our blood vessels, raises our blood pressure, causes our body to dump fats and sugars in the blood to give us energy to fight or flee. It makes our brain very focused. We feel really good when we have this hormone. But what happens, again, when this hormone is not shut down after the perceived stress is over then we start stewing in our own stress juices. And that's when we start developing high blood pressure, chronic muscle tension. You see, when we have this alarm reaction, our body literally shunts our blood away from our digestive tract so we don't digest our food good. It shunts it to our muscles and our brain so that we can fight or flee. So here's all this energy and all this, all this blood going to our muscles. We're not using it to fight or flee. We're still in our own stress juices, and as a result, these muscles are chronically contracted. When you get muscle contraction, you get muscle pain. So we see people with tensioned headaches, with pain in their shoulders, pain in their back, fibromyalgia, clenched fist. If you have clenched fist, you're going to eventually develop pain in your wrist and possibly carpal tunnel syndrome. I see people, I can walk in a room and tell where they're stress is stuck in which muscles. I see some people sitting on the edge of their chair, Mary, and they're ready to fight or flee. And literally, they're on the very edge of their chair. And I, I look at them, I say, I bet you have pain in your lower back and buttocks, don't you? And they look at me saying, how'd you know that? I say, because you've got the posture of a super type A personality sitting on the edge of your seat. And I bet you wear most of your chairs out in the very front, don't you? She, they say, yes, how'd you know that? I said, because that's typical of a type A personality, someone who has hurry sickness, where literally they're always in a hurry, always busy. Wasn't, wasn't there a cardiologist who was yes. talking about that his waiting room chairs, yes, they this wore is, out exactly. on the front side? Oh, you're good. And that's that's where, right. I remember him well, talking I wrote about, about this. that. Yeah, I remember yeah. him talking about that, that it was weird how exactly. his waiting room chairs, the edges of them were wearing out ahead of the thing. And he, and uh, this well, is cardiology. So, well, wow. I mean. Well, let me explain. And I wrote about this in my book, Stress Less, about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And what happened, these cardiologists, two cardiologists, I believe it's Dr. Friedman Rosamond, but they found their upholster came to their office and they said, you have the strangest patients. And they say, why is that? <laughs> they say, because your chairs are worn out at the very front, whereas most pa- most uh offices their chairs will wear out in the back where people sit yours are all worn out in the front so this made this doctor cardiologist start looking and observing his patients and he noticed that these most of his patients who had had heart attacks or had high blood pressure had a unique personality type there were type a personalities which meant they were always in a hurry they were always stressed they would sit on the edge of their seat and wear it out 
and and they just had this busy attitude and they were more prone for heart attacks and high blood pressure. So that's a great little tool right there for wives or husbands uh, to make note that if you see your husband sitting on the edge of the chair all the time and his fist clenched or your wife's fit, you can just say, honey, sit back, sit back, sit back in the Relax. chair. <laughs> and, and that can literally become a practice of theirs of relaxing, learning how to relax. I just saw a couple in my office and the wife had tension headaches. And I looked at her and I said, well, I know why you have tension headaches. I can see it. Because when she started talking about her problems, I noticed her shoulders started creeping up. And her shoulders would literally go into spasm, and I felt her shoulders. They were tight. They felt like um, a brick wall. And I said, I see where you're carrying your stress and tension. It's right here in your trapezius muscles. And I showed her. I I told her, I said, when you get stressed, I can see literally these muscles rising in there. And the husband looked at her and said, yes, I can see it. Whereas as they uh, get more stressed, their shoulders, their trapezius muscles go up, 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 and then they get stuck in that position. And just like a hairdresser who has to keep their arms up, it constricts their, it tightens their trapezius muscle. They get headaches from that. I had to explain to her, you need, we need to relax this muscle. I just put this trigger point release machine on her for 10 seconds on each side. Boom, it released it that quick. And she was shocked. She said, I've been seeing a chiropractor and getting trigger point injections. And she says, that's that's amazing what happens so quickly. I said, that's simply because your stress is locked in these muscles because of this alarm going off. These stress hormones, that adrenaline is causing these muscles to tighten. And then as a result, it's triggering your headache. And I see this all the time. I see it with fibromyalgia patients. I see it with people who develop back pain, uh, leg pain, arm pain, carpal tunnel. It's many times worse. Uh, contracting our fist, and that's triggering many times carpal tunnel. Not always, but many times. But what I'm saying is this is the first stage of stress. This is the alarm stage. When that powerful hormone adrenaline increases, it's our jet fuel enabling us to fight or flee, but most are not fighting or fleeing. We're stewing in that powerful juice, and it's causing medical issues, and you're getting medicated for that because you've not learned how to relax. Okay, so step number one, we're talking about Find a body of believers you can regularly gather with. That's critical, number one. Now, number also, two, well, well, we got to talk about these stages first, and we're going to tell okay, them how to overcome what, it. What I'm saying is addressing that stage. Number two, well, you've got to stage. begin to practice relaxation. Well, that's, that's the answer. But I've got to tell them these stages the body goes through of stress. If you don't understand this, you will not okay. understand how to, right. what to do to correct the problem. The second stage is the resistance stage of stress. And this was developed actually by a stress researcher, Dr. Hans Selye from Canada. Now, in this second stage, the body no longer reacts with a fight-or-flight reaction, but it's a coping response. And the adrenal glands start to secrete a hormone called cortisol that enables us to withstand long-term stress. And that's a response God put in us. He hardwired us for this in case we're undergoing a a famine, disease, or whatever, or pestilence, we literally can cope with long-term stress because cortisol can rise and literally save our lives. But again, if this continues too long, we start to have problems. And here's what happens. Under normal circumstances, cortisol is secreted in a 24-hour rhythm. This is real important to understand because most Americans are drowning in their own cortisol another hormone that if we don't control it, 
it, it'll literally invite disease into your body. So here's what happens. The highest level of cortisol occurs in the early morning, generally between the hours of 6 and 8. And now I chart this. I do this test. I do salivary cortisol levels, usually on patients that are burnout. I do it at uh, 8 a.m., 12 noon, 4 p.m., 8 p.m., and sometimes even at midnight. And I can literally trace their cortisol. It's supposed to have a normal rhythm, highest in the morning, usually 6 to 8, usually around 8 is the highest. And then it goes down lowest usually at midnight. And so you're supposed to have a, a bell-shaped curve where it peaks it peaks at 8, 6 to 8, and then it starts to come down, and then in the evening it goes down lower, lower, then it goes lowest at midnight. Now what happens to most of my patients? They lose that curve. They lose their cortisol curve. They have a high level in the morning. They have a high level at noon, a high level at 6 p.m. or 8 p.m., and a high level at midnight. And so here's what happens. When cortisol stays high, look out. You have just invited disease in your body. First of all, cortisol causes you to store fat. Cortisol also programs you to eat more sugars, carbs, starches that raise insulin. And when you have high insulin and high cortisol, you are hardwired for weight gain. This is the key problem, I believe, why we have an obesity epidemic in this country with over 40% obese is because of these two hormones that are going crazy, but mainly the stress. The stress raises cortisol. The cortisol programs us to eat the sugar, carbs, and starches, which raise insulin. And then you have the dynamic duo of weight gain, high cortisol, high insulin, and you're stuck. So we've got to learn to regulate the cortisol by controlling the stress response. Now, what does cortisol do to you? Well, first of all, it triggers, like I said, obesity, but not just obesity, truncal obesity. The weight gain is mainly in the belly, the most toxic fat. And uh, now what's interesting is there was a doctor at the turn of the century in the early 1900s, Dr. Harvey, Sir Harvey Cushing's was an endocrinologist, and he found that this, this rare disease where patients develop truncal obesity, a big belly, skinny little arms, skinny little legs, high blood pressure, weakness and severe fatigue, as well as high sugar and diabetes, osteoporosis, as well as loss of menstrual bleeding, and then hair growth, excessive hair growth in women on the belly, on the arms, on the legs, and as well as purple, purple stretch marks on their bellies and on their legs where the where the fat would go especially on the belly now this was actually cushing syndrome with too much cortisol and the same thing happens well i shouldn't say same similar things happen to people with too much stress the the high cortisol causes these same problems you start to lose bone the high cortisol causes you to retain salt so your pressure goes up it causes your sugar to go up. It, it literally starts to melt. It starts to cannibalize your bones. So we see women develop osteopenia, osteoporosis at younger and younger ages. It throws off the menstrual cycle. It throws off the hormones. And then it also causes stretch marks, which women hate. So this is the second stage of stress. And it will also cause memory issues. And high cortisol is associated with depression in so many patients. So you see how this hormone that's meant to save our lives, if it's not regulated properly, will start to destroy our lives. But then the last stage of stress is the exhaustion stage. Now, this is when people have had high adrenaline for years, high cortisol for years. Then they literally burn out. They get adrenal exhaustion. And that occurs 
when we get burnout mentally, physically, and emotionally. These are the people with chronic fatigue, chronic depression, chronic uh, immune problems where they get chronic uh, infections because their immune system is spent. They can't sleep at night because of the dysregulation from the cortisol. They start to get allergies. They start to get rashes. They start to get autoimmune disease. And eventually, they may get cancer or even Alzheimer's. High cortisol eventually destroys brain cells in the hippocampus, which is the main brain center that, for memory. But what's so important is, is this high cortisol that was in the resistance stage literally bottoms out. They don't have enough cortisol without, when they're in the exhaustion stage. Without enough cortisol, it creates a whole nother set of problems, like especially the chronic fatigue and the inflammation because cortisol is the main fire extinguisher for inflammation in the body. So again, I talk about this in my book, Stress Less. I go into great detail, but those people who are burnout are the ones with so many diseases, the chronic fatiguers. They don't sleep at night. They're full of depression and anxiety. And they go from doctor to doctor, nothing gets them better. They have all these autoimmune issues because of inflammation. And so if you're, if you're that person, please, Read this book, Stress Less, as well as The Hormone Zone, because I talk about the importance of small amounts of cortisol or hydrocortisone that pulls people out of this resistance resistance and exhaustion stage. But more importantly is how we perceive stress and how we conquer stress and how we start to use principles of the body, of the Bible, and principles of science to literally turn off this stress response that is destroying our lives. And one of the things that you know, the body of Christ has got to do is turn off the news. <laughs> oh, my. Absolutely. That's a major uh, source of we stress. We all have enough stress in our life without ha- taking on the stresses of the world because there are some things we just can't do anything about but pray and vote and maybe become active with campaigns and that sort of thing. But there are some things, you know, that is just out of our control. And when you feel that your life is out of control in every way, that's just going to add to stress that you really just don't need to add to in your life. Because everybody has stress. Everybody I talk to has some element of stress, marriage stress, teenage stress, kids stress, financial stress, you know, I mean, it's just, it is an epidemic. So let's address some answers for this stress that will help people in coping and dealing with. Can we do that? Absolutely. Okay. Because we talked about getting, you don't be an island. Don't isolate yourself. You need other believers who know the word of God. That is absolutely critical. Number one. So if you don't have that, that's the thing you're going to seek out. And find a place who teaches the word and not religion and not a lot of bondage. You don't need more well, religion. Well, what you need to do is when you go into a church, is everyone sad? Look at people's <laughs> countenance. If everyone's sad and unhappy and yes. there's no joy, right. leave. Leave. I have That's seen your first choice. Exactly. Right if everyone Warning. if you see everyone excited, if you hear stories of miracles happening, yes. if you see the That's your thermometer. If you see the joy of the Lord on their face, excitement, literally you you can see and feel the love in a church. You can feel the joy in the church. If you see happiness, if you see children running and playing and laughing and and just an atmosphere of joy, that's where you want to be. 
There's too many people that are preaching the problem and not the answer. Right. And so, you know, the scripture says, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. So when you look (laughs) up on the platform and the choir looks like they've all been dipped in pickle juice and the pastor or comes vinegar. out baptized in vinegar whatever and the <laughs> pastor comes out and he looks like he is just ready to commend all you guys to hell you know that's your warning sign warning warning like lost in space you know warning warning exit now because you need somewhere where the joy of the lord is present Exactly. The Word of God says in Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. So again, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you want to break out of this stress, you are going to have Mm -hmm. to get joy. Now again, you say joy is the same as happiness. No. Happiness is based on temporal conditions. Joy comes from within. But again, you can get to joy by starting in happiness and start by smiling. We don't just ride a bike right off the bat. We usually have to learn to crawl, then walk, then ride a tricycle, then graduate to a bicycle. So again, but in him, there's fullness of joy. In Jesus, there's fullness of joy. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. We'll break out of this stress trap when we start to practice joy. And there's a few other key things we're going to be talking about. Yeah, through uh, the such next as, right. three podcasts. And yeah. I'm just going to kind of paint the picture so we're going to get an aerial view of where we're going. So what we have to do, we have to get into a place of peace and joy in order to break this stress problem we're stuck in. It's like so many people are stuck in a quagmire or quicksand. They don't know how to get out. And it's so simple how to get out. And Jesus paints the picture better than any psychology book, better than any psychiatry or any of the psychology that we hear about is the word of God is the key. That's the blueprint. That's the roadmap to get you out of this. But it's real simple. We have to just simply first start living, practicing joy. We're going to have to get rid of deadly emotions. So we're going to talk about deadly emotions. In and, the next podcast. Well, not next, probably later, because i got to do, plant the foundation okay. of stress. We've got to teach them how to overcome stress. And that's mental and physical. And then we go into the emotional. And that's real powerful. But here's what we have to do. Real, real simple. Number one, we got to get in God's rhythm. We got to get in God's rhythm, and Jesus never got in a hurry. We got to paint the picture. Too many of us are in the hurry. And then we got to learn principles of mindfulness, which is mindfulness is simply enjoying the present moment. Quit thinking about, fretting about the past or worrying about the future, living the present moment. And then the powerful principle of margin. Margin is what I had to learn many years ago because margin is simply that breathing room between exhaustion and vitality. I used to never have enough margin in my life, and I used to schedule an appointment every 15 minutes. And finally, I got to the point says, I can't fix these people in 15 minutes. I need an hour. And Mary says, you can't have an hour. We'll never stay open. We can't, <laughs> we can't pay the bills. But finally, I figured it out. And uh, a good example of this, margin, we'll talk about this later, but margin is breathing room. If you were to take a flight from New York to Los Angeles and had to stop in Dallas to change a flight, would you allow 30 minutes to change? Well, if you're in the back of the plane, you'd never make the flight. You've got to have breathing room. So your flight, your people that book your flights will not allow 30 minutes margin between flights. They book at least an hour, usually an hour and a half to two hours between flights. Why? Because invariably that plane will be delayed 
or you'll be in the back of the plane and someone will be dilly-dallying and you'll miss your flight. So they have they have put margin, especially in the flight, so that you don't uh, miss your flight. And we need to do this in everything. For example, I used to uh, go to the airport frequently. I'd uh, work with Benny Hinn and we'd go to the Miracle Crusades and I would work until I could see my last patient, but then I'd many times go over. And what happens is I'd be rushing to the airport. I'd only leave myself an hour to an hour and a half to get there. And so I'd be late and sometimes miss my flight. Well, I came up with a brilliant idea. Why not just leave two hours, no matter what, leave two hours of margin? When I did that, I no longer missed a flight. We've got to learn to incorporate margin in everything we do. Because when we do, guess what? The stress response is shut down. So if you have an appointment and your appointment is at, let's say, 8 o'clock, you don't leave five minutes too late and expect to be there on time. You know, you have to give yourself margin for traffic if you're exactly. going to work. You can't be waking up a quarter till and be running <laughs> around the house getting dressed and still think you're going to make those appointments. Try to become a person of your word. If you tell someone you're going to be there at 7 o'clock, I like what Ken Copeland says. He says, you know, if I tell someone I'm going to be there at 7 and I show up at 7.05, I'm a liar. And he, and I mean, he is strict about that. If he doesn't show up 10 minutes before the appointment where he has time just to sit there and wait, then he is like, you know, he'll repent and ask the person to forgive him because, you know, he, we want to become more like Jesus and be a person of our word, be men and women of our word. But that is that's part of it. You know, if you make an appointment, allow the margin to be there. Things happen. Of course, occasionally you're not going to be able to do it because we all have things that happen. But I know a lot of people, it's their habit of being late everywhere they go. Exactly. Everywhere they go, they're late. They're always late. Oh, they call it fashionably late. But when right. you're late, even one minute, Kenneth Copeland says, I'm a liar and I'm not going to be a liar. Right. So <laughs> that's a good practice right there for all of us to begin to be mindful of is put in a margin there for your appointment. Make sure you're there on time. But you give mercy and grace because occasionally things do happen. But I'm, I'm not making that a law, but it's a good it's a good habit to walk through. We're going to be talking about stress in our podcast coming up. And Don wants you to get a hold of his book, Stressless. This covers in detail. You know, Joel Osteen said this is one of his favorite books he ever read. He did multiple sermons from this book. He loved this book. Absolutely a big fan of your book. But anyway, one of the things that you can get, go to drcolbert.com, our website, and you can listen to this podcast by downloading it there. And you can also get hemp oil, which is one of the things we'll be talking about. That's a natural way to help cope with stress. And we have that available on our website as well. So that's the supplement we're promoting for this talk would be the hemp oil. And do go to our website, drcolbert.com, download the podcast, look at the books, his videos. It's just full of information. And when you go to drcolbert.com and you get on a monthly subscription of our products, you're a partner of what we're trying to do. We have many things that we have as a vision that we want to bring to the body of Christ, the divine health. 
because it's better to walk in divine health than need a miracle. God bless you. Until next time. God bless. We'll see you. Thank you. Walk in divine health.